Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Literati Cast. I'm Jennifer Loughran, and I'm a senior agent at the Andrea Brown Literary Agency, where I rep kids' books from picture books through YA. This is the last episode of 2018, and it is the second annual Great Big Holiday Gift Guide. I'll be talking to four independent booksellers from around the country, well, four states in the country anyway, and getting their top picks for all the kids and kid-lit lovers in your life. Or, let's face it, just for yourself, because you're going to want to read all these books. I've linked to all the books we t- chat about in the show notes on my website. That's at jenniferlofren.com slash literaticast. So hang on, I'm going to get our first bookseller on the line, and we'll get right to it. I'm Stephanie Appel. Um, I work at Parnassus Books in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am the manager of books and events for young readers there. Awesome. I have always wanted to visit your store. Thank you. Because I love the dogs of your store. Yes, they are pretty great. (laughs) Uh, How long have you been a bookseller? This will be my sixth Christmas. um, And I've been here uh, a little bit over five years, but I started right before Christmas. So, And can you tell me, besides the dogs, obviously, what are some other cool things about your store? Like cool events or book clubs or subscriptions or anything like that? Sure. So um, the main cool thing that a lot of people know about Parnassus is that we are co-owned by uh, New York Times bestselling novelist Anne Patchett. Um, Her dog Sparky also works part-time in the store. (laughs) We definitely do a lot of events. Um, We do around 400 events a year. We counted once. Um, and then we have two subscriptions. Uh, we have our adult first editions club, um, for, uh, adult literary fiction and nonfiction. And then we have a YA subscription box called Parnassus next, which is a lot of fun to work on. And that would make a great gift. It sure would. (laughs) Anne likes to say that it's like a fruit of the month, uh, club, but the books don't go bad. Nice. I will link to that in the show notes. Thanks. Um, so let's get into the picks. Okay. Right? So first off, we're going to start with the little kids. You got it. What is your top pick in picture books? The picture book that I am really, really loving right now is called The Thank You Book. It was written by Mary Lynn Ray and illustrated by Stephanie Gregan. And it is just a really lyrical, sweet, but not saturine meditation on gratitude. Um Thank you isn't just for learning manners. It's also for when something wakes a little hum, a happy little hum inside you and you want to answer back. It's about all of the different times that we can feel gratitude and the different ways that we can express our gratitude. And I just love it. Mary Lynn Ray's writing is so beautiful. um, And I think it's a perfect little gift book. Nice. Um, And who would you give that to? I think uh, it's relatively sparse text. And so I would say um, 18 months up to age 99. I don't really think a lot of picture books have an upper age limit. Fair enough. Um, My pick is The Honeybee by Kirsten Hall, which is illustrated by Isabel Arsenault. I would give this to any nature lover aged two or three and up. It is absolutely gorgeous illustrations and sprightly, fun to read aloud text. And it's all about our favorite pollinator, the honeybee. 
Um, I love it. And I wish it could win a Caldecott Award. It can't because the illustrator is Canadian, but dang it. Um, <laughs> I want every Canadian illustrator to get a house in America, but whatever. <laughs> so, um, there should just be one and they can, they can all put their names on the lease. I exactly. Um, so I understand you also have a board book, baby book pick. I sure do. Um, my favorite board book of the year is called Mon Petit Busy Day. And it was written and illustrated by Annette Tamarkin. This book is perfect for that little kid who is just into everything. Think of it like an entire activity kit in a book. Um, It has flaps to lift. It has things inside it that move. It has inside it a memory game. Um, It is very stylishly illustrated and just, I can see it keeping a little one busy for hours. Wow. I haven't seen that. I will have to take a peek. Um, It's published by Simon. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, pretty affordably priced also for, for what you're getting in the book. Um, I'm just absolutely nuts about it. Cool. Um, now we move on to chapter books. Yes. My favorite chapter book of the year is Cynthia Ryland's Rosetown. It is a quiet book. Uh, it is a very ordinary book and yet every sentence in it is so lovely. And the way in which Rylant observes life through the eyes of her nine-year-old protagonist, Flora Smallwood, is just so perfect. There's really no other word for it. Um, it's It's a year in the life story of Flora Smallwood, whose parents have separated. Um, There are things like she makes a new friend and she starts piano lessons. And it's just... It's so quietly lovely, and I loved every word. Excellent. What about kids' graphic novels? Okay. My uh, kids' graphic novel choice for the year actually came out in November of 2017, but I read it this year. It's Cece's Journal, The Adventures of a Writer in Training by Joris Chamberlain and Aurelie Neret. Think of it like... Harriet the Spy meets Amelie. Um, What? (laughs) Yeah. And the art is so gorgeous. Um, Usually, I don't really notice the art in graphic novels. The art serves such a critical purpose to the story in a graphic novel. Um, But I, I often don't find it particularly elevated. And this art is gorgeous. So it's two mysteries in one book about Cece, uh, who writes about them in her journal. Um, in the first one, she solves the mystery of a man who she keeps encountering in the woods outside of her village. And in the second one, she solves the mystery of a note that she finds in a library book. Um, they're just delicious. And I didn't see the conclusion of either mystery coming. Nice. Um, what about middle grade fiction? Oh boy. Um, I'm still working out my, uh, hand cell for this one because (laughs) it's that book that your words are not even close to as good as the words in the book. And so you just want to sort of like thrust it at people and be like, love this. I promise. (laughs) Um, it's sweep the story of a a girl and her monster by Jonathan Oxier. Ooh, I'm literally listening to this on audio right now. (sighs) Oh. 
isn't it just like so have you met charlie yet uh yes okay so it's the story of a chimney sweep named nan who lives in uh victorian era london and um she is trapped in a terrible accident and a lump of coal that she's carried in her pocket for years comes alive and becomes a soot golem named Charlie. And together they uh, try to ultimately improve um, the living and working conditions for chimney sweeps all across London. I had no idea there was so much that I didn't know about chimney sweeps, (laughs) but also Charlie is just a character that you love right away and you will wish that you could have your own soot golem best friend by the end of the book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I actually wish that right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, you it's it's cold up there, right? And and don't you all have rather a lot of snow on the ground? Yes. Well, it's luckily it's warmed up a little bit and so it's raining instead of snowing. So Uh, that's kind of still disgusting. Anyway. Define define warmed up a little bit. Like (laughs) like what temperature? Fifty or something. Okay, okay. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Um well and then much colder than that at night but still anyway um so now we move on to ya fiction yes this is always the hardest category for me to choose because of course um throughout the year i choose 12 books that i love so much i can barely speak about them and um get them signed for uh our parnassus next subscribers um but my ya pick this year is deb coletti's a heart in a body in the world It is the story of a young woman named Annabelle who is running across the country. And it's the story of her run, and it's the story of what she's running from, and it's the story of what she's running toward. And um, by the end of the book, you will feel like you've gone on this journey with Annabelle. Um, It's the kind of book that is really served by not saying too much about the plot. Um, But I think that it's a book that's going to resonate with a lot of teens and a lot of people who are older than teens as well. I love Deb Coletti's writing. This was my first Deb Coletti. And I sort of feel like, like what have I been doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think she's criminally underread actually. Like maybe this one. Definitely. I cannot believe that this one is not on year-end best-of lists and National Book Award long lists. I mean, just, yeah. it. Oh. Yeah, she's a genius in the same way that Sarah Dessen is a genius. Yes. I think, like, um, yes. And a lot of people are like, oh, whatever. Just, they're like, just Ladies about girls. about girls. Yeah, like, no. They're yeah. geniuses. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, my I actually have a YA pick, too. So okay. mine is, I wanted to be on the light side. Okay. So last year I was obsessed with um, My Lady Jane, and this year I my pick is the, not sequel, but a companion book to My Lady Jane called My Plain Jane. So I have to say, full disclosure, is that I rep one of these authors now, because it's written by three authors, Cynthia Hand, Brody Ashton, and Jody Meadows. Um So, but I did not sell this book, so I don't think it's cheating for me to add it. Uh, My Plain Jane is fun and hilarious. It's basically Jane Eyre meets Ghostbusters, literally. Um, For anyone who likes YA and also does not take themselves too seriously, it is a dang delight. It's a kind of book that is like 
a slump buster. Like if you are just bored with everything and can't take any books, this is a great uh, comedic medicine for that. Okay. Now we move on to nonfiction. Yes. For any age. Yes. My nonfiction book this year uh, is called Countdown, 2,979 Days to the Moon. It was written by Suzanne Slade and illustrated by Thomas Gonzalez. It is the story of the 2,979 days between when President Kennedy made his Man on the Moon speech to when we set foot on the moon. It is told in blank verse. And the illustrations are breathtaking. It's a large book. Um, it's probably 11 by 11 trim size. Um, and what it does so brilliantly is makes you feel that our landing on the moon was not inevitable. Um, as someone who was born well after we landed on the moon, uh, you think, well, of course we did. Um, and this makes you feel the doubt and the tension um, and talks about all of the missteps that happened along the way. Um, it's just a gorgeous book for um, kids who are curious about science, um, as well as like anyone who just loves a beautifully illustrated story. Nice. I should also say that... Next year, or very soon, is the um, uh, anniversary of the moon landing. Oh, yes. And um, one of my clients, Dawn Brown, has a book coming out early next year from Abrams that is a graphic novel um, about the race to the moon, like the space race. Oh, wow. Um, and it's the start of a new series called Great Ideas that instead of following a person, it follows the idea, the idea and all the different people that made it happen. I just got the arc. It's fantastic. Um, so I will put a link to that as well. That's show wonderful. Because yay for going to the moon. Yeah. I love space. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so now is the fun part. Yes. This has all been fun, but now it's the extra fun part. Mm -hmm. Because this is wild card time. Yes. Pick three random categories of people and what you'd get them as a gift. Okay. So you got to give me both the category and the pick. Okay. My first pick is uh, a book for anyone who is looking for a way into having a conversation about privilege and whiteness with a person over the age of maybe five or six, um, all the way up through a grown up. Um, it's a picture book called Not My Idea, a book about whiteness, which was written and illustrated by Anastasia Higginbotham. Um, it's part of her Ordinary Terrible Things series, um, which includes titles such as divorce is the worst and death is stupid yeah which oh is gosh. extremely true um and uh okay. what i love about this book is the way in which she does not condescend to the reader and talks about the issue of whiteness which 
people of privilege have a really hard time having frank conversations about sometimes um, in a way that puts the burden of the labor on the person of privilege. Um, her illustrations are really creative. Um, she has this style throughout the whole series of using kind of collage and mixed media. Um, and it's, it's just the perfect book to have on the shelf when you're ready to have that conversation. Nice. I have not seen the series, so I need to get up to speed. The first three were published by um, the Feminist Press of New York or the New York Feminist Press. And then my understanding is that like they split up. And so the new one is published um, by a new press called Dottier Press. Mm. Um, We order them from Ingram. Um, They're fantastic. Awesome. Uh, Next wild card pick, please. Yes. My next wild card pick would be for anyone who loves an animal story, a sci-fi story, a funny story, and a story with a lot of heart. Um, Ages 7 to 12, approximately. Um, It's Greg Van Eekhout's Voyage of the Dogs. So it's the story of four dogs, the Barkanauts, who are accompanying their humans on uh, a space mission to another planet. It's several hundred years in the future. They all go into hypersleep to make the journey at the speed of light. And when the dogs wake up, there's something wrong with the spaceship and all the humans are, are gone. Um, it features a lot of really great science and problem solving as one thing after another on the spaceship breaks and the dogs have to figure out how to fix it. And also it, um, slight spoiler alert, it has a really happy ending that I just loved. Nice. And that is important for me to know because I'm always concerned with any book about dogs that it will be sad. Yes. Um, no dogs die. <laughs> Good. Uh, and that doesn't always happen in space. What is, uh, what is your final wildcard pick at category first, please? My final wildcard pick is for the YA reader who is looking for a deeply satisfying fantasy book. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be the first book in a series or not. I certainly hope so. It's Amy Rose Capetta's The Brilliant Death. I loved this book so much. It has a fantasy world that draws on Renaissance Italy. Um, It has a heroine that you root for right away, and it has world building and uh, a magic system that feels absolutely lived in. Um, It has a story with twists and turns that I didn't see coming, um, and I just adored it. Nice. I need to read it. Um, I have a one wild card pick. This is for a kid or teen chef. So the America's Test Kitchen complete cookbook for young chefs. Unlike many kids cookbooks, which can seem really skimpy on actual details and recipes that might challenge or interest kids. uh, This one has a robust number of recipes, lots of tips, easy to parse instructions, and also ways to make it your way. So encouraging kid chefs to mix up the recipes in different ways rather than just follow one way. It's a really good book. I'm tempted to get it for some grownups I know who need a one-on-one in the kitchen. 
It's well-designed, and I think it would make a great gift. Um, finally, Stephanie, yes. I ask all my uh, guests, what are you obsessed with this week? It does not have to be bookish, but it can be. Okay. Um, for the past couple of weeks, my obsession this year, I got into counted cross-stitch. And I am obsessed with one designer. This is this is so exceedingly nerdy. Uh, her name is Emma Congdon. Um, she has an Etsy shop called Stitchrovia. Her designs are very typographic. She also does um, typographic branding and graphic design for like brands. Um, and her cross stitch patterns are so beautiful and have such a contemporary sensibility to them. Um, and I'm obsessed. Nice. I will link to it in the show notes so that other people can be cross stitchery obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was actually just thinking, I want to learn to cross stitch. Oh, it's okay. very, it's very dangerous because you can't hold a book and cross stitch at the same time. You can listen to audiobooks, which I do, but you can't hold a book and cross stitch at the same time. I am Rebecca Wells, and I am the children's floor manager and sideline buyer at Porter Square Books in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I've been there for six years, and basically I keep the children's section in some semblance of order, and I also get to cuddle a lot of stuffed animals. Nice. Um, What is special or cool about your store? Any events or anything else you'd like to mention? Oh, so many things. (laughs) Basically, one thing I love about being in the Boston area is that we have a fantastic children's literature scene, and I really enjoy organizing debut author events. It's really exciting to be part of a new author's journey. Uh, This year, I helped pull together events for Samira Ahmed, Tammy Charles, and Rebecca Caprara. And next year, we're going to have a whole series of debut author panels, starting with a D.B. Pitt panel in May with Swati Tirdala, Kasoko Jackson, Nicole Malaby, and Justin Reynolds. It's going to be so awesome. I'm very excited. That sounds rad. And I think you should prepare yourself because I'll bet there's a lot of debut authors listening. Yes. <laughs> we'll uh, yes. approach you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're a writer too. Can you tell us about your upcoming book? Yes. So my first book is Shatter the Sky. It's going to be published next year, July 30th. And it is basically an angry bisexual dragon YA fantasy novel. Uh I'll buy 10 copies. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into the book recs, as that's what we're here for, is uh, our holiday gift buying guide. So can you tell me your picks and also who it's good for in these categories? So what is your top pick in picture books? Okay. My pick for picture books, so hard to choose, you are very mean, um, is Julian is a Mermaid, written and illustrated by Jessica Love. So basically, uh, the story is, while riding the subway home from the pool with his abuela, Julian notices three women dressed up as spectacular mermaids. When Julian gets home, all he can think about is dressing up just like the ladies in his own fabulous costume. But will abuela be okay with the way he's chosen to express himself? I love this book. It's got beautiful illustrations, and it's basically about creative exploration and celebration of individuality. I would recommend it to everybody, but especially children who may be a little bit afraid of showing all of their beautiful differences. 
Nice. Uh, we love that book on this podcast. I think like maybe five previous guests have mentioned it. Yeah. So uh, just a reminder, everyone, buy Julian is a Mermaid. Uh, now your top pick for chapter books. The Scylla Lee Jenkins series by Susan Tan. It's an illustrated chapter book series for children about in the seven to nine age range. It's about eight-year-old Scylla Lee Jenkins, who is half Chinese and half white, and she is on a tight deadline because her baby sister is about to be born, and she needs to to become a best-selling author before her family forgets all about her. I know. It's so cute. She's such a great narrator. Her family is wonderful, and I love, as a biracial person, myself seeing that representation in children's books. Um, It's a series. So the first book is Scylla Lee Jenkins, Future Author Extraordinaire. The second is this book is a classic and there's going to be a third book coming out next year. Sounds great. Um, Now, kids graphic novels. Um, my coworker Marika is fantastic with graphic graphic novels. So basically, anything she gives me, I will read. Um, my pick this year is "Be Prepared" by Vera Brosgol. It is a hilarious graphic memoir about the author as a young girl who wanted to go to summer camp like all of her rich friends in the suburbs, and finally her mother agrees. But the only summer camp that's in their price range is a Russian summer camp, basically for people of Russian descent. Uh, Vera is sure she is going to be. I'm super happy there, but camp is clearly not exactly what she is expecting, and nothing can prepare her for all the cool girl drama, endless Russian history lessons, and outhouses straight out of nightmares. <laughs> it's great for readers of C.C. Bell or Raina Telgemeier. Nice. I have a graphic novel pick, too. So my pick is The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. I know I have talked about this book before, but I don't care. (laughs) This is the holiday gift guide, so I need to mention it again. Um, I'd give The Prince and the Dressmaker to any cool teen or kid over 10 who likes graphic novels and also Shattering the Patriarchy. That was also going to be my pick, so I'm glad (laughs) that you said you were going to do it so that I didn't do it again. (laughs) Yes. It is romantic and frothy delight about a prince with a secret double life and the dressmaker who helps him live it. I love this book. Okay. Middle grade fiction. Without a doubt, Front Desk by Kelly Yang. Oh, oh my this gosh. was going to be my pick, but I changed it. <laughs> um, I love this book. It is perfect. Uh, it is about Mia Ting, who moves with her family from China to the U.S. Unfortunately, they don't have many resources, and Mia's parents are taken advantage of and stuck in a job managing a rundown motel. So Mia has all of the regular middle grade challenges of making friends and doing well in a new school, but she's also working at the front desk of the motel and worrying about how her parents are handling an exploitative work situation. It is a lovely book about friendship, family, and problem solving, and it's based on the author's own experiences. It's got a fantastic voice, and I'd recommend it for readers of Erin Entrada Kelly or Kate Messner. Nice. Um, I rep Kate Messner, so thank you for name-checking her. (laughs) Also, buy every Kate Messner book. Thank you. YA YA fiction. Yes. YA fiction. Um, This year, Anna Marie Mecklemore has a new book out. It is Blanca y Roja, and it is amazing, as all of her books are. Um, She writes amazing queer love stories, and Blanca y Roja is a story of two sisters whose family is cursed. So every generation, one sister will be claimed by the swans and disappear forever. 
The two sisters, Blanca and Roja, are determined to break this curse, but when two town townies uh, come stumbling into their woods, everything gets complicated and extremely dangerous. It is a lyrical Latinx mashup of the fairy tales Snow White and Rose Red and The Six Swans, and it's just fantastic. And everyone should be reading Anna Marie, and you should pick it up if you love fairy tale retellings and beautiful prose. Yes. Um, now, nonfiction for any age. My pick for nonfiction is The Lost Words, written by Robert McFarlane and illustrated by Jackie Morris. So basically, in 2007, the new edition of the Oxford Junior Dictionary eliminated a lot of words that describe the natural world, like acorn was not in there, or bluebell or kingfisher, for example. There was a big public outcry at the time, and one of the things that came out of this is this book. So uh, Robert McFarlane has written poems about all of these words that were deleted from the dictionary, and then the poems are accompanied by these beautiful illustrations from Jackie Morris. It is a gorgeous coffee table book for a word lover. And it's fascinating that that's your pick because my pick for nonfiction is also for word lovers. Um, I would say of any age, mine is what a wonderful word. This is a collection of untranslatable words from around the world. It's very adorably illustrated by Louisa Uribe. For example, what's happening outside my house right now is Glugaveder, Icelandic for weather that looks beautiful when you're inside, but it's much too cold when you step outside. <laughs> it literally means window weather. That is fantastic. There are a ton, <laughs> are a ton of gems in this book that will delight both kids and their grownups. It's very fun. And I love it. Okay. Uh, now is time for the wild card. So you can pick up to three categories of random people and what you would get that category as a gift. Okay. Um, my wild card number one is for people who inhaled Jenny Han's To All the Boys I've Loved Before movie and book trilogy, and now they're like, what do I read next? Um, the book you should pick up after those is American Panda by Gloria Chow. This is a debut novel about Taiwanese-American May, who is a freshman at MIT, and her parents expect her to be a doctor, but she is not into her biology classes. She is more interested in dance. So there from the start, it's hard enough to straddle two cultures, but when she falls in love with a fellow student who's Japanese-American, she starts to clash more directly with her parents' wishes. After reconnecting with her older brother, who is estranged from the family for dating the wrong woman, May finally starts to imagine finding her own way. This book has fantastic food, there's hot chocolate on the cover, and such a great voice. If you love Jenny Han, pick this one up. I love that book, and it is one of our client books. So it's not my client, but it's Kathleen's client. So oh, I didn't know that. That's so great. Obviously, we all have great taste. Yes. Uh Next wild card, please. Okay. So my first love, of course, is children's books. But if there is a second genre love of mine, it is adult sci-fi and fantasy. So my pick for that person is uh, Jade City by Fonda Lee. Fonda Lee has written a couple of great young adult novels. You should go find those too. Uh, but this is her first foray into adult fantasy. This book is basically The Godfather plus magic. It is freaking awesome, and the fight scenes are fantastic, and it also just won the 2018 World Fantasy Award. So highly awarded, excellent book. Pick it up if you haven't read that one. 
Could that be good for older teens as well? Yes, definitely. Okay, great. Um, and your final wild card pick, please. This wild card is for me when I was young and didn't really see much queer representation in media. So basically, this is a book that I wish I had when I was like 10, 11, 12. It is Drumroll, Please by Lisa Jen Bigelow. Um, this is a coincidence because there are two summer camp books on my list, and this is the second one. I didn't intend that. It just happened that way. Um, this is an upper middle grade novel about Melly, who's always avoided the spotlight, preferring to let her best friend Olivia shine. But when Melly learns that her parents are splitting up right before she leaves for summer band camp, she does not know what to do. Uh, she and Olivia get split up at camp, and she starts to make her own friends and navigates having a crush on a girl for the first time. Um, this book is so heartwarming and Melly's struggles are just so relatable for any like kid getting into that like 11, 12 year old range and starting to have those problems. It's so great. So I have a wild card pick. Mine is for a kid with a taste for the performing arts as I had when I was a kid. Um, my own childhood favorites, the classics ballet shoes and skating shoes by Noel Straightfield have been reissued in lovely hardbacks. These are perfect for 8- to 12-year-old readers. They're stories of kids working hard to achieve their dreams. They're so lovely. Any kid who likes acting, dancing, skating, or basically performing of any kind will relate to the kids in these books. And I'm hoping that the other shoe books will also get this nice hardback treatment because I want them for my own library. I have never read them, and now I feel like I need to. Well... I think that everyone should at least read ballet shoes. Mm -hmm. It's really great. I mean, it's from the 40s or whatever. So it's, you know, old fashioned in a way, but I think in a nice way. And um, it's great. <laughs> so finally, I ask all of my guests the same question, the classic question. Rebecca, what are you obsessed with this week? It does not have to be bookish, but it can be. Okay. What I've been obsessed with for many weeks now is the TV show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm. Oh my gosh. It is about a Jewish housewife in the late 1950s who husband, whose husband cheats on her and they separate and her response in a sort of roundabout fashion is to become a stand-up comedian in New York in the 1950s. Um, this is a new television show from Amy Sherman Palladino, who is most famous for the Gilmore Girls, so it's got all the familiar witty fast talking, but I like this one better. I don't know if that's sacrilege to say that, but I like the characters more and I feel like the plotting is tighter and it's just so good. And the second season is dropping, I think, this week or next week. And I'm really excited. That's good. I have to catch up on that. I, I watched the first few episodes. I loved them, but then I just sort of forgot. This, so now to. is the perfect time because now there will be more. I actually, my favorite Amy Sherman Palladino is bunheads oh i love that one too and then when i got to the end i was like i understand why everyone freaked out when this show was canceled <laughs> it's so upsetting yeah. anyway rebecca thank you so much for joining me well thank you so much for having me this was so much fun my name is abby rice i am the lead bookseller in byron training at the briar patch in bangor maine how long have you been a bookseller 
I've been a bookseller there for about three years. Um, I've worked at like other corporate bookstores and things like that, but this is my first indie store and I adore it. Yay. Um, What's cool about your store, like special events or anything else you'd like to mention? So we've been in business for 31 years and primarily kids books the entire time. Um, We do a lot of really fun community-based events, but what we're really known for is our big Harry Potter festival that we do every July. What? Uh, Yeah. We block off basically the entire street uh, for a block and we have vendors that come out and we basically turn it into like downtown Bangor's Diagon Alley. We have like fire dancers and it's just a big, festival that we do on Harry's birthday every year. This was our third year doing it. And we had 5,000 people, they estimated. What? (laughs) (laughs) O-M-G. It's so much fun. Everybody dresses up and it's kids and adults. And it's it's so crazy. We started doing it when Cursed Child came out. Um, But yeah, we love it. I'm going to Maine. Yes, do it. To visit you. And I will wear a cape. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Well, we always okay. say volunteers. <laughs> um, all right. So now it's time to get down to the nitty gritty. This is what everybody is here for. Book recs. Yay. So can you give me your pick, please, and who it's for, for picture books? Yep. My pick for picture books is We Don't Eat Our Classmates by Ryan Higgins. Um, and I would recommend it for kids and grownups. Uh, age three to seven who have been nervous about school before or just really love funny dinosaur stories. Yes. And Ryan Higgins did the Mother Bruce books, right? Yes. Those are like huge bestsellers for us. Yeah. um, And he is a main author. So we're very big fans of him. Nice. Um, What about chapter books? Um, My pick for chapter books is Princess Polarizer by Nancy. I think it's Krulik. Mm -hmm. And those are I would recommend those for anybody who's read the Princess in Black series and is looking for something else. Uh, it's a fun adventure and completely ridiculous and off the wall. Nice. So I'm going to pick a chapter book too, and I'm cheating blatantly because, uh, well, first of all, I'm not sure this is a really a true chapter book. It's more like young middle grade. I give it to anyone like seven to 11. Also, I'm cheating because it's one of my books. <laughs> but whatever. Look, it's a great You need to read it. Uh, Dragons in a Bag is about magical Brooklyn, which looks like the Brooklyn we know and love, except there are slight differences, like the bodega might sell basilisk eggs, and the homeless guy in the corner might be a secret time lord. So a kid named Jackson is confronted with his magic directly when his little old lady babysitter turns out to have a pocketbook full of baby dragons. And he opens it. Um, this is delightful beginning of a new series. It's like kids of color having magical adventures. It is so delightful. And, um, I need everyone to read dragons in a bag. Now we'll go to true middle grade. What is your pick for true middle grade? My pick for middle grade is quite possibly my favorite book of the entire year. Um, what it, what is it? Arlo Finch in the Valley of Fire by John August. Mm. It's a story about a kid who moves to Colorado with his family and joins Ranger Scouts and learns all the normal Ranger things, but also magic. 
And it's a really fun adventure story. I would rec- I recommend it to kids who loved Harry Potter or Percy Jackson and are looking for something new. And the sequel comes out in February. I'm really excited about it. Oh, great. I love it when we have a new series to wreck. Yes. So now uh, YA. Uh, my pick for YA is Darius the Great is Not Okay by, uh, I believe it's Adib Karam is his mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. And it is a really sweet story about friendship and discovering who you are. Um, I would recommend it to any teen who's ever doubted themselves or what their future would bring um, or like you don't fit in in your own skin. Excellent. So then we come to nonfiction. This could be nonfiction for any age. My nonfiction pick is Life Size Animal Tracks by John Townsend. Um, i would recommend it for seven and eight and up. And it's a large picture book, literally just filled with colorful pictures of animal tracks from animals all over the world. And they are actual size. So you have tiny little mole tracks and up to like a full giraffe footprint and facts yes. about all of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's super cool. I learned that giraffes have blue tongues from this book. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> I had no idea. Also, apparently... Giraffes are the only animal that doesn't make any noise. So if you don't hear anything behind you, be careful because it might be a giraffe. giraffe. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I heard that joke when I was seven and I have not let it go. Okay. (laughs) There's going to be a giraffe behind me right now. Yeah. There is probably. Oh, good. (laughs) All right. So now it's time for wild card. This is where you pick categories of random people and what you would get them as a gift. So for any true crime fan, like fans of Serial or My Favorite Murder, things like that, I would recommend Sadie by Courtney Summers. It's a YA book uh, that's told in alternating chapters about Sadie, a girl who went missing while trying to find her sister's killer, and the podcast covering her disappearance. It is full of a lot of twists and turns, and I would recommend it for any adult or teen who loves true crime. Nice. Attention, murderinos. (laughs) uh and then your next wild card uh my second wild card pick is one of my favorite old books that i would recommend to anyone who loves fantasy with strong female protagonists and a lot of snark um it's called dealing with dragons by patricia reed it's the first book in the enchanted forest chronicles and it's about a princess who gets tired of always being proper and runs away to live with dragons um, it's got really well-rounded characters, a mystery, and it's just so fun. <laughs> Delightful. And I like that it's sort of an older book, so it's a nostalgic, too. Mm-hmm. So I have a wild card. I would say that this is for the whole family. Um, Sing a Song of Seasons mm. is a nature poem for each day of the year. So this is a gorgeous book. There's full color illustrations on every page. And as promised, delightful poems for every day. I could see a family looking at this literally every day of the year as you go from January through December. Um, And it has kind of the heft and beauty of a true heirloom. It's like a really special book. And I think it would be a great family 
memento or something that adults would enjoy just as much as children. It's such a beautiful book. I know. And it's weird because we had had it spined out in the bookstore and I never really looked at it. And then for some reason I did. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) we were hiding this light under a bushel. Like we need to put this on display or something because I think that it will be one of our best sellers for this holiday season. And none of us even really noticed it before, but there you go. That's the magic of facing things out. (laughs) So, so, uh, Abby, thank you so much. And now I get to ask you the final question as I ask all of my guests, what are you obsessed with this week? Now it does not have to be bookish, but it can be. So, I would say I'm obsessed with it this week and my entire life. Uh, But right now it's Dungeons and Dragons. I run a game for other booksellers in New England, including your coworker, Nicole Brinkley. And yes, that's how we got introduced, actually. Yes, yes, it is. And Nicole (laughs) Cousins, who is also going to be on this podcast, is in my group. Um, But I, I recommend it to all book nerds because it's just at its heart storytelling like collaborative storytelling um and it's a great way to just get together with all your friends and i'm about to meet up with them in like half an hour to run a game excellent my name is nicole cousins Uh, i work at white birch books in north conway new hampshire if you need a reference geographically if you walk outside our store you can see mount washington um and i am the manager um i've only been there for two and a couple months two years couple months and uh i've been the frontline bookseller i've been doing the children's buying lately i've been doing a lot of it for our computer so i kind of do a little bit of everything a lot of hats a lot of hats Uh, what is uh, something cool about your store, like uh, special events you do or anything like that? Yeah, well, I mean, the really cool thing about our bookstore is that we've been in business for 25 years, which for independence these days is really a knot to the belt. Uh, We have two longstanding book book clubs. Uh, One of them meets on the second Thursday of every month, and that's our mystery book club. A lot of them have been there since the beginning. And then we've got uh, a regular old book club that meets uh, the last Thursday of the month. Really great group of people for both. That's great when you can like be embedded in the community like that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really cool. So now we get to talk about what everybody wants to know, which is all of our book recommendations. Okay. So are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Let's start with picture books. Oh, picture books. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, Jen, it's really hard to just pick one in every category, but um, I have to go with Interrupting Chicken and the Elephant of Surprise um, by David Ezra Stein. Uh, Little Red Chicken has learned at school that all good stories should have an elephant of surprise, which her father (laughs) tries to explain is an element of surprise. So while Papa reads the chicken, stories like The Little Mermaid, Rapunzel, The Ugly Duckling, they look for this element or elephant. Um, (laughs) This story makes me so nostalgic for those nights curled up next to my parents or my grandparents and being able to read before bed. So it's a really fun read aloud. Um, 
I would say kids from four to seven would really enjoy this. But like with all of my book recommendations, definitely adults, adolescents, this is like punny hilarity at its best. So what about chapter books? Chapter books, another tough category to pick one. Uh, I went Listen, this is why I don't, I, this is why I ask experts and not dilettantes. Okay. Um, (laughs) All right. It was a tough one, but I went with Rosie Revere and the Racist Riveteers. Uh, It's Andrea Beattie and the illustrations are done by David Roberts. This uh, is a start to a chapter book series, which uh, was previously published as picture books. So it'll be good for those kids who are outgrowing the picture book series, but want more of Rosie Revere and Ada Twist and Izzy Peck, Iggy Peck. Uh, Rosie's asked to help her aunt Rose and her friends, the Riveteers, who are this group of women who built planes during World War II. They need help with a special engineering project. And chaos ensues, catastrophes, uh, kerfluffles abound. (laughs) But with help from her (laughs) friends, Rosie gets the job done. And uh, this is a great chapter book series for kids uh, ages six to nine, any STEM kids, the the kids that are really into science and math, uh, any inventive, curious. It's just a, it's a great, great little chapter book. So what's your pick from middle grade fiction? It was a tough one. I'm going to have to go with Inkling by Kenneth Oppel, though. Uh, so the premise of this book is the Rylands family, they're really down to the dumps. Dad has writer's block. Ethan's volunteered to illustrate a school group project, and he's not a very good drawer. And Sarah, Ethan's sister, just really wants a puppy. All three of these uh, family members just really miss their mom, too. Um, but into their lives comes Inkling after jumping out of a page of Mr. Ryland's sketchbook and meets Ethan. He helps Ethan with his project. He becomes a dog for Sarah. He's a cure for dad's writer's block. But one day Inkling goes missing. And so the Ryland family needs to find out where he is. Um The really cool thing about Inkling, why I picked it, is it's such an original middle grade novel. Inkling rolls over newspaper comics. He rules over modern literature. And it becomes his language and his way to communicate with everyone. So, for example, he'll roll over, you know, a Marvel comic strip and start just drawing pow, bang, and he's drawing ninjas kicking and... That becomes his way of communicating with Ethan. Um, so any sort of kid that's artistic, creative, imaginative, anyone, like, probably age 8 to 12 would really love this. But just a really great middle grade. Um, I have a middle grade pick too. So mine is The Assassination of Brangwen Spurge by M.T. Anderson and Eugene Yelchin. I'd give this to fantasy lovers with a funny bone age 10 and up it's basically medieval monty python <laughs> yeah my monty python-esque buddy comedy adventure meets acerbic political satire yeah. so like maybe it's somewhat undescribable but it's also really beautiful and strange and funny and it's got elves and goblins and i can guarantee you it's like nothing you've read before yeah that's that's the way with mt anderson <laughs> totally. Um, he's, his brain is much bigger than anybody else's, and he puts it all out there in this one. So uh, uh, I love this book, but it's definitely 
weird, but it's also great. And I think that any kid who likes adventure and also has a sense of humor would like it. And grownups too. So now you get to talk about YA. Hands down, didn't even have to think about this one. Sea Fire by Natalie Parker. Um, this is a, how do I talk about this book? It's a powder keg of adventure, of sisterhood, of resistance. Um, Caledonia is our main character, and she's been running towards a fight with the patriarchy to assuage her guilt, believing she was the cause of her entire family's murder. With her mother's resurrected ship and a crew of 52 wicked, fierce women, she's out for blood and set on destroying the bullet fleet that holds most of the community captive. Um, mm. Yes, right? I should just stop there. Um Yes. <laughs> I'm sold. I'll read it. Young adults, age 12. I put this in adults' hands all the time. The really cool thing about this book is that while there are hints of romance, it's really about the relationships and about the sisterhood. And who doesn't want a bunch of kick-butt girl pirates going after the patriarchy? No, I 100% want You're that. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I forgot. We skipped a category, actually. Um, what about graphic novels? Graphic novels. I, I'm, I'm going to admit something here, Jennifer. Uh, I, <laughs> go, go ahead. I, I this have, is a safe space. this is the first graphic novel I have ever read. So it holds a dear place in my heart and it is not that, that, uh, that old of a novel. So I'm new to the graphic novel. Uh, genre, but uh, Cardboard Kingdom by Chad Sell is definitely my pick. Um, it's for ages nine to 12. Again, anyone who's imaginative, because I love imaginative kids, and uh, and in bit of a gamer, I read this book not realizing that there was sort of a Dungeons and Dragons tilt to it, and I, not being a Dungeons and Dragons person until just recently, uh, had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea, and I loved this book anyways. Um, it's a story about a neighborhood of 16 kids who built a cardboard kingdom, and they have one more epic quest before school starts. So it's filled with knights and robots and monsters and rogues. But it's so much more than that because Chad Sell illustrated the whole thing, but he also had help from a bunch of very diverse authors who wrote different chapters. So it deals with... Uh, topics within each chapter that explore bullying and gender identity and sexuality and race in like a really age appropriate manner. So anyone that loved nice. Raina Telgemeier or Alice Fair in middle school or awkward, like this, this is a good pick for them. It's been very popular at our bookstore for sure. Yeah. It, it inspired me to make an entire cardboard kingdom. In my <laughs> nice. Um, so I actually have, I'm cheating. Uh, I've cheated multiple times in this podcast, I'm afraid, but I have a YA pick and I'm cheating twice here actually, because I already gave a YA pick, but I'm going to give another YA pick. And it's also a book that I repped, but I can't help it. My client's books are amazing. Um, you Are the Everything by Karen Rivers. Um, I call this If I Stay Meets We Were Liars. It is gorgeous writing, a really inventive narrative structure, unlike anything I've ever read. And it will honestly make you weep your face off. Oh, if you love YA contemporary and 
literary fiction, I think you will dig. You are the everything. So there, I cheated. Whatever. What are you going to do? <laughs> okay. It's your show. No one's going to stop exactly. you. Exactly. So now is the funnest part. Funnest? Is that a word? Anyway, it is wild card time. So you get to pick categories of people and what you would get them as a gift. I had way too much fun with this. Um, okay. Are you, are you ready? Are you sitting down? I am. I am. Okay. Uh, your first category. So my first category is to our future Stephen King fans. Mm. Um, I'm talking like kids, 8 to 12, looking for a little bit of spook, a little thriller, a little sci-fi. Um, it's a middle grade novel called Monstrous Devices by Damien Love. And we're talking holiday books, but I mean, like nothing says happy holidays, like tiny robot assassins, right? Totally. (laughs) So Alex gets a package from his grandfather in the mail, which has this old tin robot, which turns out to be a little more deadly than he anticipated. And it sends him and his grandfather fleeing across Europe to escape assassins of the human and mechanical kind. This is a boatload of fun. Nice. Is it the start of a series or is it standalone? There's a definitely a second book coming. Okay. What is your next wild card category? Oh, my next category is for people who think they have problems. <laughs> and I maybe this is a cheat in your book, I'm not sure. Um, but this is Penguin Problems by Jory John, which is actually in uh, picture book, but also board book. So I've captured a bunch of children. For okay. this. Um, this book is so much fun. Poor little penguin is such a grump. Like Antarctica is cold. There's a lot of penguin predators. And how do you find your mom in a crowd of penguins? It's like so hard. <laughs> it's so dark here and it's so cold. And I mean, we're all grumps at one point or another. And can get that way, especially around the holidays. But there's the special someone in Penguin Problems that lets us know there are things to be happy about too. So I would recommend this to kids up to age seven, but I encourage every adult that goes into a bookstore and this is there in some format to read it. Excellent. Um, And what is your final wildcard category? Oh, it's so broad. It's called, I don't care who oh. you are, you should read this book. <laughs> um, I am obsessed with Circe by Madeline Miller. Mm. Yes. And I think there are some young adults out there that need this to read this book. But pretty much when you get to the age where this is acceptable, you should pick it up anyways. Um, it's such a lofty statement when booksellers say this is one of their all-time favorites. And I've said it so often because I totally believe that it's one of my all-time favorites. Um, Because it's such a celebration of female strength in a male-dominated world. Cersei discovers she carries the power of witchcraft, and threatened by that power, she's banished to an island where she hones this craft, tames wild beasts, and runs into a bunch of famous characters from Greek mythology. So... I couldn't just pick a, a category for this because it's for the mythology buff and it's for the feminist, but it's also for anybody that wants a good story about family rivalry, about love, about loss. And the nice thing about Cersei is that Madeline Miller is 
a genius. And there's not a lot about Circe in Greek mythology. So she gets to expound on this character in such a wonderful way um, in writing about it during the Me Too movement. And I only have an allotted amount of time, so I have to stop talking about it. <laughs> it's it's just amazing. <laughs> well, I have to say, I have heard this from multiple people like this yes. week. Some of my colleagues are obsessed with this book. A bunch of booksellers were talking about it on um, Twitter the other day. And like authors joined in and everyone was talking about how much they adore this book. So now I have to read it. There will be awards coming her way. There should be. Or I'll make one for her. (laughs) (laughs) But this could go to a YA. Oh, yeah. Totally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for those. So I ask all of my guests... The special question, what are you obsessed with? It does not have to be bookish, but it can be. So mine is semi-bookish. Litograph does these really cool things called temporary tattoos. And I am admittedly a a huge chicken when it comes to getting an actual tattoo. So having these temporary tattoos – I have had them on like for weeks now. <laughs> I just keep <laughs> switching. There's Alice in Wonderland. There's Walden. There's Sherlock. They fit my mood. Um, so that's kind of my obsession lately. Um, and at least I switch them enough that people know that I'm, yes, I'm showering and stuff. Like there's <laughs> going on. Like, don't worry about yeah. it. But, yes. All right. Litographs, temporary tattoos. That would be a brilliant stocking stuffer. And I really encourage everyone to write to them and tell them they need to do children's tattoos for children's books because I would be all about that. Thank you so much for listening to the Literati Cast. And thanks to Stephanie, Rebecca, Abby, and Nicole for giving us their great book recommendations. Again, all the books we talked about today are in the show notes on my website. That's at jenniferlawfriend.com slash literaticast. Of course, there's no way we could talk about all the books we love on one little podcast. So why not go to your local bookstore and ask the booksellers for their recommendations? I'll bet you'll come away with a lot of gems. Or, you know, just follow me on Twitter and I'm sure to blab about all my clients' books and more. The Literaticast has a Patreon. It's because of patrons like you that we're able to put this podcast on. So thank you. If you throw in a buck at patreon.com slash literaticat, you just might win some books. I'll be doing a giveaway for Mar- Martha Broken Bros Unprecedented, which I talked about in the last episode, as well as a few of the titles we chatted about on this episode in mid-December. Also, if you feel moved to leave a great review on Apple Podcasts, I would love it because that helps more people to find the show. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in 2019.